If you would uh, take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn with me to Psalm 23. The most well-known chapter or song in the book of Psalms. A Psalm of David, David, Psalm 23. Let me read that again. Martin read it for us already, but let me read it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As you might have gathered from our service so far this morning, we're taking a short break um, from our studies that we have done. Um, And this morning is really uh, about me sharing my heart with you. Um, As many of you are aware, the Lord has provided me with an opportunity to learn the importance of rest. I have always been one who works hard and burns the candle at both ends. Uh, I believe, and I hope it's not pride, but I believe it's true that I'm consumed with a passion to serve the Lord and his people. And my recent health struggles have brought me to a place of forced rest. And uh, you only need to talk to my wife for a moment to find out that I am a terrible patient. I am a terrible patient. I think as patients go, I think I'd put Brooke and Martin to the test in their paramedic skills, really, if they had to deal with me. And uh, it's a wonder that uh, Jessica has been so patient with me, because I've not been very good as a patient. This new trial that I'm experiencing at this time, which uh, has left me quite tired, quite fatigued, quite weak, um, is teaching me some important lessons about dependence, rest and humility. It was interesting uh, as I was reading over some notes of a recent message that I preached about pastoral leadership. One of my first points in there was, church, don't think the pastor's superman. The problem is the pastor thinks he's Superman. And I realised as I read through my notes yesterday that the problem isn't with the church's perspective a lot of the times, it's a self-perspective that's the problem. And so it was halfway through this last week of not being able to be in the shop that we have uh, and being unable to function and work like I ought to that the Lord impressed upon my heart a text in Scripture which truthfully really upset me. A text which has been such a comfort to so many over many years irritated me so much. I don't know if you ever experienced this, maybe I'm alone in this, but you read a passage of scripture uh, and it irritates you. And uh, you might even close the book and say, "Hmm, I don't want to read anymore. So there was a text that irritated me until I surrendered to the truth of it uh, around about three hours ago. The text reads like this. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You say, but that's an amazing truth. It is, unless you are stubborn and don't want to be made to lie down in green pastures. See, the Lord and I have been at war over this last week about what these green pastures are. You see, I have some very strong opinions about what these rich and lush places ought to be. I think that they should be on my terms, these green pastures, in which I'm forced to lie down in. But it would seem, as the Lord always wins, whenever you get into a battle with him, he has different ideas. What I came to realise this morning, which is, I know this, is, uh, this isn't a Catholic church and it's not confessional, but I want to be honest with uh, you this morning. I came to realise this morning that I have been straying. I've been looking for the pastures of my own delights. Pastures that satisfy me, that suit me. I've been stubborn and unwilling to follow the Good Shepherd. And as I considered what I might share with you this morning, this morning, I realized that I had forgotten some important truths about this shepherd. And to be honest, these truths are going to form the basis of this message. I really don't have much to share with you this morning. I've had such limited time due to fatigue and tiredness to prepare much. But I have a few things in front of me that we'll look at for a little while. And I want us to consider just simply this truth, remembering the shepherd remembering the shepherd lord this morning i thank you for uh, strength and ability to stand before uh, these my friends and my family thank you for the strength to be weak in front of them thank you lord that you've not called us to try to appear perfect but to allow our weaknesses and frailties to show and I pray that in some way today as uh, I share some of my heart and my experiences over the last few weeks and uh, this particularly the last few days, uh, that there might be those uh, here this morning that would uh, find similar truths to comfort, to soothe, to encourage, to rebuke as it has me. Uh, and help me, I pray, over these next few moments as I share these things that I've gleaned from your word personally. Uh, help them to be concreted into our own uh, lives and hearts, that application would be made by the Spirit for each of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 23, we're just going to look at verses 1 through 4, and verse 1 begins, The Lord is my shepherd. The first thing I want you to see in this, our text, is that the shepherd is mine and I am his. In remembering the shepherd, I remember that the shepherd is mine and I am his. This is an unparalleled truth. This is a truth that is remarkable. This is beyond our human understanding in its fullness. That this shepherd would call me this dirty, roaming sheep his own and that I have the privilege of calling that shepherd my own the Lord is my shepherd 
Why did we read those passages before in our service? It's to put into our minds what a shepherd does, what a shepherd was, and what David thought about as a shepherd boy writing this psalm some years later who says, the Lord is my shepherd. He was a shepherd to a flock, but now he says, the Lord, he's my shepherd. And I love the personal touch in this. He's my shepherd. It doesn't say the Lord is our shepherd. That is true. Well, the Lord is your shepherd, and that's true. It is the Lord is my shepherd. It is the personal plea of my own heart. It is uh, me before the Lord saying, you are mine and I am yours. In my discouragement and trials this last week, I had forgotten the significance of this truth. I'd forgotten what this means. I'd forgotten how critical this is to my own identity and my relationship with God in knowing that he is my shepherd. And as I look at Psalm 100 and verse 3, let me read this text to you. It says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know, it's amazing when we think of our being uh, those who are belonging to God. We belong to him on two different levels as Christians. We belong to him by creation because he made us, but we belong to him by redemption because he purchased us. The Lord is my shepherd. First Peter two twenty four to 25 says this. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin. And live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The shepherd is mine, and I am his. An unparalleled truth. The second thing I see here in Psalm 23, verse 1 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The shepherd provides my every need. Secondly, the shepherd provides my every need. I shall not want. I shall not be in want. I shall have no need, is what this means. In both the physical and the spiritual realm, the shepherd will supply my needs. When we talk of this in the physical realm, we have to turn. And I'd have you turn there quickly, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. It's the Lord Jesus speaking to his disciples. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. The Lord Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? 
I was reminded this week that it is the shepherd who provides my physical needs. Perhaps we are here this morning and wondering when the next paycheck will arrive. Wondering how are we going to provide for the children? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? It is this wonderful shepherd who says, I will supply your needs. Not your wants. We often get them confused. Often we think, well, why isn't the Lord Jesus supplying what I want? That was never the promise. The promise is what you need. And then the second thing that I noted as I thought through this earlier this morning is it's not just the physical needs, but it's also the spiritual needs. He supplies our spiritual needs. I won't have you turn there, but Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 4 says this. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. The summary of it is this. Everything that you need for your spiritual life has and is provided for us. The shepherd supplies our need. These are promises to cling to. The Lord is my shepherd, a statement of fact, I shall not want, David says. There's never going to come a time, present or future, whereby I want in some area of the physical or the spiritual when the Lord is my shepherd. And that's the critical truth. Now, you may find that you are in need of things when you have wandered from the shepherd. That's because you have wandered from the shepherd but whilst you are with the shepherd there will never be a time where you will have physical or spiritual needs that are unfulfilled thirdly and this was the really hard truth this was the one that really hit home for me this last week verse one the lord is my shepherd i shall not want verse two he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters the third thing that the Holy Spirit, I want to say battered, and it really was battered me with this last week. The shepherd compels me to rest in pastures of his choice. The shepherd compels me to rest in pastures of his choice. He makes me lie down in green pastures. This was the recurring theme in my mind, the recurring uh, message that continually was, was uh, being uh, pounded into my heart and my soul this last week. And like a child, I was saying, I don't want to lie down, don't make me. I remember saying that to my mum years ago on a Sunday afternoon. It was the rule after we had finished the church service, we'd have lunch and then I would sleep. My sister would sleep from two o'clock until about four o'clock to get ready for the evening service. That was the rule. And I can remember time and time. Every Sunday it was the same thing. This arrogant, stubborn child would say, I don't want to rest. I don't need to rest. And what was quite amusing as I thought about it, I'm still saying the same thing, except the difference is I'm saying it to the Lord. I'm saying, I don't need to rest. I'm fine, Lord. It's okay. And then as I studied it out this morning, I was reminded of something in this text that I've looked at before, but I had forgotten. 
you recall that the shepherd carries his crook or his rod. Uh, and uh, that, that rod is both for protection of the sheep, but it's also for discipline of the sheep. When this shepherd in this day would take his flock of sheep to a particular place that he wanted them to remain and not roam off, because they knew and obeyed the voice of the shepherd, the shepherd would come along with that rod and he would knock the back of the knees of that sheep so that it would be forced to fall to the ground. And it would stay there like in a seated position. It would stop roaming. That's what the shepherd would do. Verse 2 here is a very interesting verse. We wouldn't normally put it like this, I don't think. It says, he makes me to lie down. Now, I've tried every which way I can to reinterpret that Hebrew word. And unfortunately, you know what it means? He forces me to lie down. It's not he asks me or he begs of me or, you know, come on, please. He uh, coerces me somehow to lie down. He forces me. And this is with sometimes the rod of reproof because that sheep is unprepared to lie down. So he knocks the back of the knee in order that that sheep would fall to the ground. I can't help but think perhaps that's what the Lord has been wanting to do with me. In love, he forced me to the ground and I went down fighting. And then I thought this morning, I wonder if this really is a fact. I wonder if it is that the shepherd was known for making the sheep. Or is it just once in the scriptures that it's mentioned? Ezekiel 34 and verse 15 says this, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. That gives me insight into the problem with the sheep. Certainly the problem with this sheep. And this is what I came to understand this morning. Sometimes the most loving thing the shepherd can do is take our feet out from under. In this world of busyness, in even ministries and all that we do, there is a necessity to stop and rest in God's green pastures rather than constantly looking for activity and roaming and busyness and all those other things that go on. Sometimes the most loving thing the shepherd can do is take our feet out from under us and cause us to rest. The shepherd compels me to rest in pastures of his choice. The fourth thing I looked at in Psalm 23, there at the end of verse 2, he leads me beside still waters. The fourth thing, the shepherd leads me to places of refreshment. I think it's interesting the chronology of this psalm because the reality is only when we have learned to rest in the pastures of God's choice can he then take us to the places of refreshment. The still waters, a tranquil place. It's away from fright and fear. You see, if you know anything about sheep, you know that any kind of movement whatsoever, even a blade of grass in the wind can spook sheep. And so the shepherd lovingly leads his flock 
to a place of safety and of cool refreshment. Don't forget that we are outside here in the hot Palestinian sun. It is boiling. Uh, there, is, uh, there is stone and rock and dust everywhere. And here the shepherd leads to a place of green pastures. And then once we have rested some, takes us to a refreshing place where there is cool water. One hymn writer writes this, In green, in God's green pastures, feeding by his cool waters lie, soft in the evening walk, my Lord and I. All the sheep of his pasture, fair so wondrously fine, his sheep am I. Waters cool in the valley, pastures green on the mountain. In the evening walk, my Lord and I. Dark the night in the valley, Rough the way on the mountain, step by step, my Lord and I. A place of refreshment. I don't know about you, but I'm in need of constant refreshment. This morning is about refreshment for us. We gather today, not just simply because this is a ritual, but because we need refreshment. We need refreshment in our fellowship. We've been out in the world. We've been out, uh, out on the mountains and in the valleys and in various places all throughout this week. And we come together for this refreshment. We come together for this time where we drink of that wonderful spring again and are revived and, and our, our soul is restored as we're about to look at. The shepherd takes us to places of refreshment. And then fifthly, Psalm 23 and verse 3, He restores my soul. The shepherd brings restoration to my soul. Fifthly, restoration. He restores. This word restores, it literally means he causes my life to return. This is what's happened. The spirit is exhausted. It is weary. It is sad. And now it is quickened and revived. It is the shepherd who restores the soul. By the way, it's not the water that restores the soul. The Bible here says, he, he restores my soul. It's not about the water. It's not about the pasture. It's about the shepherd. He is the one who restores my soul. If your, need, if your need this morning is that your soul would be rejuvenated spiritually, because remember the soul is the inner man. If your need is that you would be rejuvenated, re-energized, revived, that life would come back to fullness of joy, that is going to come by means of getting with the shepherd, of being with him, of his presence. He is the one who restores my soul, I realized during the week that in all of the things that had been going on in my own body, in my own mind, I had spent no time or very little time with the shepherd. I'd spent so much time complaining. I'd spent so much time thinking, this isn't right, this isn't fair. I've got so many things to do. What am I going to do? And if I would just stop and pause, spend some time with the shepherd, my soul would be restored. In other words, the shepherd invigorates the shepherd encourages. The shepherd revives. The shepherd excites me. He restores joy to a life that is sad. He restores life to a life that is weary and tired. He restores light to a darkened life. He restores health 
to my inner man. I can't help but think of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4.16, who in the busyness of life and the turmoil of life says, We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day by day by day. Here's the Apostle Paul. He's seen it all. He's been stoned. He's been whipped. He's been persecuted. He's been beaten. He's been spat upon. He's been ridiculed. All of these things are happening to his body. His body was a mess. I am am absolutely convinced that if the Apostle Paul walked in in his human form, we would be a little bit disgusted. I'm convinced of it because his frame and his whole body would be an absolute mess if he were to come in today. And here he is, his outer self is literally wasting away. But there is a joy from within that says the Lord is restoring my soul day by day. I'm not sure about you, but my soul is in need of constant restoration. My inner man is in need of that. And you say, well, how does that happen? How how does the shepherd restore my soul? Well, he renews my mind. The key to a soul's restoration is the renewal of the mind. Our minds are renewed by listening to the voice of the shepherd and his word. You see, we need to remember as sheep, when we're left to ourselves... Our souls and minds wander from the truth. We must constantly return to the wellspring of life. It is God's word that brings light and restoration to our soul and renewal to our mind. Let me ask you, is your soul weary today? Well, when was the last time you spent some time in his word? When was the last time you spent some time in God's green pastures, just you and he? You say, well, I spent a lot of time with the other sheep. Yeah, but that's not going to help your personal soul's restoration. The church is a wonderful thing, isn't it? I love what we have here. But this is not going to restore your soul. The shepherd and his word is what will restore your soul. Restoration to the soul. The sixth thing that I noted. Psalm 23 and verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I've noted this point as the shepherd leads me on right paths for his own glory. The shepherd leads me on right paths for his own glory. Probably many of you, particularly some of the, uh, the senior members of this congregation, perhaps in Sunday school, you will have uh, learned Psalm 23 off by heart, probably in the, the old King James Version and probably can still recite it today if you, if you think about it. And I used to always be able to recite this psalm and I still can in the King James. And one thing that I never understood when I was learning it as a child was what's at the end of verse 3. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake i never knew what that meant when i was growing up only in recent years have i realized his leading in the paths of righteousness is not about me it's not about the sheep it's about his glory it's about himself in leading us he brings himself glory that is an astounding thought so then let's flip this if i am not being led by him then I am not bringing him glory. If I am not walking in the ways of righteousness, 
then I am robbing the shepherd of the glory that is due to him. You see, the journey is not about the sheep. It's about the shepherd. So what does it mean here by these paths of righteousness? Simply the right way, God's way, the shepherd's way. He leads me in his own way for his own glory. That's what it means. He leads me. If you're here this morning and you have lost sight of the shepherd, it's not because he wasn't there to lead. It's because we were not there to follow. It's always about the sheep being at fault. It's never, how dare he lead me down this path? That's not right. We can't say that. It's always about his path is the path of righteousness. So if you find yourself on another path, he didn't move. I did. You did. We did. The path we are on is not for ourselves, but for the one who purchased us. The shepherd leads us to the hills of holiness, to the peaks of power, to the ravines of righteousness, to the valleys of victory. And though these paths may be fraught with danger and difficulty, we will finally arrive at the final destination, the pasture of perfection. This is an adventure. The Christian life is an adventure. We have the privilege of being led by the shepherd. And with all of those dangers and all of those problems that come along, this is an adventure. This is not boredom. Our final rest is just beyond the sorrows, just beyond the valleys, just beyond the pain and beyond the hurt. The shepherd leads me on right paths for his own glory. And then the last thing that I would have us note this morning as we close is the seventh thing. Psalm 23 and verse 4. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We note that the shepherd is present throughout my journey. I will fear no evil for you are with me. The Bible makes it clear here. The shepherd, the psalmist, David makes it clear. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is going to happen. Makes it clear. Though that be a reality. We do not do this alone. There is no dread, there is no fear for the sheep who is led by the shepherd. I will fear no evil. But let me just pause here and make a note. If you have entered this valley of darkness and death and the shepherd is not at the lead, there is reason for great fear. There is reason for great angst because you have wandered from him. If you walk through the valley of the shadow of death with him, there is no reason for fear. But if you have ended up there by yourself, then there is great reason for fear and great reason to find the shepherd. The presence of the shepherd dispels all fear. 
I'm not sure what you fear today. I'm not sure whether it's the future or whether it's finances or whether it's family matters or whatever else might be that you fear. The reality of it is if you are where you are supposed to be, having been led by the shepherd, there is no cause for fear under any circumstances. None whatsoever. One of the greatest verses in the Bible that I came across some years ago is in Exodus 33 and verse 14. It's in relation to the children of Israel, but this is what it says. And God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Simple verse. God says to his people, my presence will go with you. And by the way, now in the New Testament, so much more than in the Old Testament. But he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I will. It's a promise. This is as true today for us as it was for the Israelites at the time when God said it. Our pilgrim journey, church, through this life is with the shepherd. His abiding presence is our strength and our security. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And he will lead us to our heavenly rest. And we don't have the time to go through the rest of the psalm, nor do I feel that that's what we need to do this morning. But at the end of that psalm, we're told, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The goal this morning is simply this as I close. Remember the shepherd. Remember who he is. Remember the promises that he's made. As you walk into this new week, follow the shepherd. Be led by the shepherd. Submit to the shepherd. Live for the shepherd. Don't wander. Don't wander. Don't roam. I am uh, by no means, and I make this very clear this morning, I am by no means a poet. None whatsoever. But uh, in the stillness of this morning, considering these thoughts, I strung a few lines together that I'd like to close with before we sing. The Lord is my shepherd. He meets all my needs. He knows me by name. He lovingly leads. The path he knows best. I trust in his way. He protects me by night and all through the day. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to rest. I try to resist, and yet he knows best. His pastures are green and rich with delight when finally I see and stop trying to fight. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me through the darkest of nights and valleys of hue. His rod and his staff, my comfort remain despite the hurt, hardship and pain. The Lord is my shepherd and loves me still, though I roam and pursue my own will. He finds me lonely, lost and cold. He carries me home back to his fold. The Lord is my shepherd and brings me home beyond the heavens no longer to roam. In that final place, my promised destiny, he remains my shepherd for eternity. Let's remember Remember, the Lord is my shepherd. Lord, uh, in these few moments that we have had together in your word, I, I pray that some of the, the things that you've been teaching me and the lessons that 
I'm seeking to learn. Lord, would be helpful to uh, each of us today. Uh, Sometimes the simplest of truths are the hardest to learn. Uh, And Lord, I confess this morning that uh, this path of righteousness is at times particularly hard. But I'm thankful for your presence, thankful for your power, thankful for your direction, for the way in which you restore our soul throughout the journey. Uh, And Lord, we confess uh, as a church we are fickle. We are so often roaming, uh, so often away from the fold, uh, seeking our own will, our own desires. And you lovingly come and bring us back. And sometimes that involves some discipline and some pain. But we're thankful all the more that you would reach out to us who, Lord, are so often astray. Thank you for rescuing us ultimately in salvation. And thank you for continuing to rescue us day by day uh, as we seek to live for you. We praise you and thank you for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen.